Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, Herlock Schmolms, more like Schmerlock Schmolms. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined, as I am always joined, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. We've got a good show for you today. We are going to be talking about the news from the week, including the official reveal of LEGO Luigi and the announcement of the Great Ace Attorney Chronicles for the Switch. And then on Thursday, Kid Icarus Month continues with our discussion of Kid Icarus Uprising. But in the meantime, Mark, how you doing? Uh, it's going great. So yesterday my husband and i were in santa monica and we briefly stopped in to a um comic book shop and patrick what i know i i have uh kind of like not been keeping up with comics clearly because there's this whole whole rorschach comic line that like uh tom king is writing have you been reading this uh, I I read the first like maybe three issues and then i was like i'm I'm gonna wait until more of these pile up so i can read them all uh, like kind of back to back. Oh, okay. Yeah, I feel so out. I felt I feel so out of it because I used to read like a ton of comics, and recently right. I've like cut back a lot. So going in there and like seeing like all the different Batman titles that are going right now, and like all this stuff, I feel way out of it. But kind of got me excited to like jump back into some of this. Hey, man, look, like everything's coming back, including Mark's uh, comic book fandom. <laughs> it all comes back. <laughs> Uh, speaking of things that are coming back, my copy of Sonic Forces, it comes back to me every now and then. The uh, the transition worked. It was a flawless transition. I did a really great job. Uh, would you like to borrow my copy of Sonic Forces? You can certainly try. All you got to do is email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com and give us a mailing address so we can send you my copy of this game. One wrinkle and one wrinkle alone is there might be a copy of Untitled Goose Game in there uh, instead of Sonic Forces. It's just something that happens from time to time. No one can control it. I witness it as it's happening, but I cannot control it. It's like an earthquake, right? Um, and uh, we all just got to put up with it. But either way, you get to play a fun game for a little while. Exactly. And I, f- I love the way you describe it as a wrinkle because I think that is so true. It is neither positive yeah. nor negative. It just is. Yes, that's right. That's right. It is a it is a neutron is what it is. <laughs> uh. Speaking of neutrons, we are in the throes of Kid Icarus month right now, um, which means that we are playing all three mainline Kid Icarus games in the month of April. Um, We will next be discussing Kid Icarus Uprising for the 3DS uh, on Thursday. That is April 29th. That is this week coming up so very soon. and of course, Mark, you and I have been sworn to secrecy about our experiences playing Kid Icarus Uprising. Although until, we didn't uh, do great at that. Week. We didn't do amazing no, at that bad. last we week. We did bad. Yeah. We did bad. Uh, well, let us put ourselves to the test again in the next segment. Let's talk about what we've been playing this week. You've been playing Kid Icarus Uprising. No, and we can't talk about it. But I want to so badly. Um, yeah. I want to say about Kid Icarus Uprising 
It's a without l- saying anything. <laughs> yeah, <about> exactly. It. <laughs> it's a it's a it's a lot of game. It's just a lot of games. Yes. Yeah, it's um one of the things, and I will almost certainly say this again <laughs> on Thursday. But one of the things that is really standing out to me as I'm playing it is that. Uh, this is not just a Kid Icarus game. It is a showpiece for the 3DS, right? Um, and, like, kind of racking my brain, I don't know that there is another 3DS game that makes as much use of as many of the features of the system for as sustained a gameplay experience. Um, like, it's just bonkers to me how, how many chapters there are to this game, how many weapons, uh, how many multiplayer modes. Um, how many things are collectible, how many different ways you can collect them, um, that it's just like, it, you, you could legitimately, if you got into it on the ground floor, um, just like, be like, oh yeah, Kid Icarus Uprising is the game I play. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's really in, um, a good point that it's such a showcase for the 3DS, and I think having played it, um, or played a lot of it, I haven't finished it yet, I total. I feel like I understand why it doesn't make sense to bring it to the Switch. Like this is a 3DS game, and yeah. um, it also makes me wish a little bit that like Sakurai, uh, you know, who is famous now for Smash Brothers, but has mostly done Smash Brothers for the past twenty years or so outside of um making Kid Icarus Uprising. I would, it just makes me interested to see what he would do outside of Smash yeah. Brothers because this is such an interesting take on like a game in general. Uh, I don't know. We'll obviously talk about it more, but Kid Icarus Uprising, um, join us on Thursday because there's a lot to say about this game. So much to say about it. I'm very excited to talk about it with you. I'm also a little bit dreading the amount of time I still have yet to put into I know, this game. I know, completely. Like, it's, it's my goal to finish it. Um, but a- as we record this on Sunday afternoon, I believe I'm on chapter 13. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I, know, I know there's 12 more chapters after that. So I'm halfway done with the game. Um, but like, man, there's just so much of it. Yeah. You know, I think um, of the Kid Icarus games, this is the one that came out most recently and on like the mm. most modern system initially. So if anybody out there listening has played Kid Icarus Uprising and you have, if you have any thoughts on it, um shoot us an email i would love to know what other people think about this game totally write to us at nintendo cartridge society at gmail.com uh with your thoughts on kid icarus uprising because look we'll we'll have a bunch of thoughts but we certainly won't have all of them um mark i also continue to just uh obsessively play hades um which means i'm in a very like alternate uh greek pantheon uh sort of mythological mindset um, this week uh, between the two. I don't have any new observations about Hades. Um, so I shan't bore anyone with <laughs> uh, with talking about it anymore. Um, all right, Mark. Uh, that's what we've been playing this week. Let's get into the new releases and what we might be playing next week. So uh, the at the end of the week, we're getting new Pokemon Snap, which releases april 30th on friday but patrick you also have listed on here releasing on april 29th thursday um a game called before i forget which i'm not super familiar with so before i forget is a uh like first person sort of like walking simulator kind of thing that 
puts you in the uh, brain or in, in the body of someone experiencing dementia. Um, so it's like you have all these uh, like snippets of memories that are playing that appear to be playing out in real time and in like the real space that you're in um and uh has all these like sort of disorienting kind of like triggers of like walking down a hallway and you open a door and it leads to a space that oh, you interesting. don't recognize um and uh you know it has been available on um uh PC and possibly phones before too um and is usually uh spoken in sort of like lofty esteem of like um this game you know does this sensitively and well uh, and is like a, a compelling you know, I, I don't want to say dementia simulator, but uh, dementia simulator, um, just sort of like uh, to kind of communicate like the empathy of like just how hard and how weird it would be to be experiencing that. That's really, uh, yeah, that sounds really interesting. And exploring that through games, I could see how that could be really effective for like uh, it's we're recording this. It's uh, the Oscars are being broadcast tonight. And yep. uh, the um, the father is nominated for a bunch of stuff, including Best Picture, and it is a uh, movie that also deals with dementia um, in, uh, I guess, like similar ways. Um, and s- although, is that a spoiler? I actually don't know is, if that's a spoiler for that movie or not. <laughs> no, I think I think that's the premise of the movie. Okay, right? like, all I think, right. I think that's okay. I think you're, I think you're safe. Look. <laughs> I think you're safe. I think you're safe. Okay. All right. Well, we'll, we'll breeze past that. And uh, again, just comment on new Pokemon Snap releasing this Friday. I got to admit, like, this one is a weird milestone for me because when it was announced, the end of April seemed so far away. So and far yet away. here we are. Yes. Yeah. I mean, we're there. Um, and, like, I increasingly, like, don't really know how I feel about uh, a new Pokemon Snap game. You, You and I always have a little bit of a, like, We'll probably check out the new Pokemon game if it's interesting. Um, you know, we don't have the strongest track records of um, finishing the games or, you know, the, the most history with them. Um, and, you know, when, when this was first announced, we were both sort of like, ooh, we like the idea of a Snap game. We had that whole episode with Matt Acevedo, which is super fun. Uh, to um, You should go and check it out if you haven't already, um, where we kind of pitched other series that we'd like to have uh you know the the snap treatment right so you're just instead of interacting with all of the uh sort of mechanics of of a franchise that you're sort of just spending time in that world um where are you right now are you still interested in spending time in this world in this way i am yeah but this is not one that i'm going to pick up immediately i have this one wish list um for the eventual Mm -hmm. day when it drops in price because i think like the idea is really fun and i love the idea of like um, uh, being able to explore the world of Pokemon and interact with Pokemon in a different way, but I I feel very strongly that I uh, I don't think I would get like the full sixty dollars worth out of it. Yeah, I don't know mm-hmm. that I would be able to dive into it enough, um, and like absorb all the content. And so I kind of want to wait for it to eventually go on sale, pick it up, play you know like the few hours that I think I'll enjoy with it, and maybe I'll be surprised and you know really want to like dig into it, but. I feel like, or what, I, that it's going to be something that, like, uh, I, w- I wish a friend owned and I could borrow it or, like, go over to their house and watch them play right, it sort right, of thing. Right. And so, yes, interested, but not, like, $60 interested. Yeah, I mean, and it, it is really tough because, like, there is something very appealing about um, the sort of, like, uh, 
vacation from your house like aspect of it right of the like sightseeing in the pokemon wilds um like that is intriguing but also like on the other hand um you know i'm i i had my uh second moderna shot just uh last week um i'm now one week out from that which means i'm only a couple days away from you know immunity day um and you know which doesn't mean that like the world changes and i can suddenly go anywhere and do anything but like I can kind of start to just like live my life again. Um, so like, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like it, it's, it's starting to feel like the, um, you know, alternate uh, boring adventure, uh, like alternate reality, boring adventure genre is uh, losing a little bit of its appeal for me. Yeah. That's Yeah. That's interesting. Um, I don't. Yeah. it Pokemon snap in general is like, like we've been saying, one of those things where I'm like, this is a great idea. I'm glad it exists, yeah. but I, yes. I, I, I don't feel a sense of urgency in checking it out. Yeah, urgency is a good, yeah, that it's, it's, it's hard to feel super urgent. Look, it's a chilled, laid back game. You're taking pictures of stuff. Like, you can't have any urgency to then also buy it. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Uh, those are the new releases. Let's close this segment out. Leaving us room to open up a regular segment on our show, it is time for 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, wherein a performer or group of performers didn't play their instruments for 4 minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So, for the duration of one performance of 433, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Today's suggestion comes to us from Dominic who uh, sent in this topic for our 433 episode. We are discussing boating. Boating, the art or activity of being in a boat, (laughs) making the boat go. Patrick, much of a boater? Uh, No, not really much of a boater. Here's the thing, is I did grow up on uh, Lake Michigan uh, in the southeast corner of uh, Wisconsin. Our house was a a block away from the lake. Um, and so like we, you know, knew people who had like beach, uh, side, uh, property, you know, lake beach, but beach nonetheless. Um, and like people who had boats, but it was just nothing that was like part of my life at all growing up. What about you? No, like, uh, I have been on boats maybe like 10 times in my life. It's not something that like I've ever done much of. Have you ever been on a sailboat? I have been on a sailboat once, and I was probably like 12 years old. Or I actually, mm-hmm. I can't remember how old I was. I remember somebody recounting to me the plot of uh, um, Blair Witch Project 2 Book of Shadows. And so uh, when, whenever that was. Yeah, late 90s. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh... That's so you were too young to be like contributing to like the sailing. Absolutely. Right? It was just one of those things yeah. where it was like, oh, we're like going sailing. And so we, you know, um, went to a boat and uh, somebody who like owned the sailboat or whatever just boated us around. And then while we talked about like a movie I to this day have never seen. <laughs> um, the, uh, the, there's something like very appealing about being on like part of the people like executing the sailing. Um, 
but it's also it's it feels like so much specialized knowledge and like anytime i'm uh i'm on a boat sarah's parents uh are big boat people um which i think is just something that happens when you have money um and uh the thing that always like intimidates me about it is um knots I'm no good at tying knots. <laughs> well, I feel like that's a learned skill. Like I think you could I think you could become good at knots if you wanted to. The, but I I, uh, uh, I I I see the appeal of boating like right where uh you're out on the water, it's sunny. Mm-hmm. Like all of that seems like super nice. But um Look, I don't want to complain about the beauty of nature, but I don't like being hot. And I feel like when you're on a boat, the sun is just like beating yeah, down you on you like hot. inescapably or you're in a stormy sea uh or lake and that's no good either yeah i mean have have you done much um or any of the like small like individual i'm t- i'm thinking like a kayak or a canoe yeah yeah like like summer like summer camp type stuff summer camp yes Th- those i those that sort of boating i think can be fun that's like yeah like i i i think i th- think that is enjoyable I mean, what we need is we need a small, small lake, like such a small <laughs> lake, right? That we can take a canoe out on and like a six pack of beer, right? Uh-huh. And then just like hang out in the middle of the lake, drinking beer, talking about the Blair Witch Project 2 <laughs> Book of Shadows. See, that, that, does, that does sound like a dream. Doesn't Again, like, great? I'm hoping that in my mind, when I'm describing my mm-hmm. perfect boating day, it is sunny, but cloudy. So that way the sun is not like... Un- see that you can tell that like this is something i like worry about when i'm going outside <laughs> you, st- you still need sunscreen mark you still need sunscreen <laughs> just because it's cloudy <laughs> yeah it's tough i mean i feel like uh i think you just need to like budget your time uh, out, out on the boat right like because yeah. you are going to get hot and i mean there, there's something nice about like you're sort of uh you've got the smoke screen of like the the sea foam like the kick mm-hmm, the sea mm-hmm. air is like wet already so like you're getting sweaty and then there's like seawater on you and you're like it's okay i like being on other people's boats i personally have no yeah. dream of like owning a boat this is no will, like right. no aspiration yes. of mine right ncs will never have a podcast boat <laughs> right what if we had like a ha- hype yacht like, you know how there's like tiktok hype houses should we get a hype yacht <laughs> an ncs hype yacht <gasps> Mark, unfortunately, that was the applause. Oh, so we'll never know. Is over, and we'll never know. All right, uh, we were accompanied today by pianist Kyle Shaw. Mark, let's get into the news. Because I think if I owned a yacht, I would like boating. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I think like if you had a staff to like run the yacht, a hundred percent. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because like at that point, look, when I watch Succession, I'm like, ah, yes, I understand the appeal of boating. Uh, but when I'm like on a lake, I, like I don't, uh, then I do not understand the appeal of yeah, boating. Yeah, no, no, no. It's, it's for sure. If you had a yacht, you'd want a staff. Just like if you owned a limo, you would want a chauffeur. Not so fun driving right. yourself right. around in a limo. Right. Okay, Mark. I'm doing it again. Let's get into the news. <laughs> Lego Luigi is real. Um, following the tease via update of Lego Mario that we discussed last week, Lego revealed the Luigi Starter Course, which is releasing August 1st, 2021. Um, it, in addition to Luigi, it features Boom Boom and Pink Yoshi and a third character that the description uh, claims to be iconic 
but uh, I I would argue that description. Yeah, I I I this was a question that I had, and I uh, pasted the picture from Amazon uh, in, into our show notes here, so we could discuss it. There is clearly a pink Yoshi. Which, first of all, we're stretching the bounds of what isn't is not iconic when we're going with pink Yoshi. Like, as far as iconography is concerned, Yoshi is green. <laughs> also, uh, this Yoshi is definitely lovable, but like, looks like it was stung by a bee. Yeah, yeah, looks a little puffy. Um, and then boom, boom again. Like, <laughs> I, I, we're really st- stretching. Like, iconic. Okay. Like, I, I guess he appears in all kinds of stuff. But the third character, um, I didn't. I, I was looking at. It, I was like, I don't know what this is trying to communicate to me. Um, and Mark, you helpfully pointed out that it is a bone goomba. Yeah, but only after a fair bit of research. Um, what it looks like is an igloo with angry eyes and little feet. Yeah. Um, yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't look like even even in like the face. It doesn't look like the bone goomba as I understand it. Yeah, and also I would hesitate to call a um a a goomba variant that was first part of Super Mario Brothers two and then most prominently has been featured in Paper Mario Color Splash and Origami King. I hesitate to call yeah, that well, again like iconic. It's new Super Mario Brothers too. Oh yeah, 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 is, is yes, first yeah, appearance. even, yes. even, <laughs> even, uh, yes, a very important distinction. But anyways, yeah, a bone Goomba apparently. Um, I feel like uh, uh, not doing it for me. This bone Goomba. No bone Goomba, look like hit the bricks, buddy. We don't think you're an icon. I barely even recognize it. <laughs> and we do a Nintendo podcast. <laughs> We're talking about this stuff all the time. Um. I, I did uh, uh, go and like check out the uh, the the wiki on on the Bone Goomba, um, and I gotta say it has only raised more questions for me. I'm not sure like the biology of the thing doesn't make any sense to me. It looks like a regular Goomba has been turned blue, and he's wearing a human skull over his regular head. Is that is that your read yeah, on the character? Yeah, I, well? I think pretty much like I think it would be one thing if it was like a Cubone situation. But um, yes. that does not really appear to be the case. I guess what I I guess I'm taking a stand that I don't I don't care for bone goombas. Um, wow! And I think it was a mistake to include it in uh, the Luigi starter course. Now, what would you say? I, let's uh, we got to put these two concepts like side to side, head to head, right, and figure out uh, where we went wrong here. Why is this not a dry goomba, like the skeleton of a goomba? It doesn't make any sense. And I and I think. I could be mistaken, but I don't think we've ever had like a dry Goomba, which uh, would be hilarious because um, I think your your point about the bone Goomba, which is that like it's a Goomba wearing like a skull when really what we want is a skeletal Goomba. Yeah, I mean, that's what we want. And of course, that raises a bunch of other questions because like it's a fungus, right? And like fungus don't have skeletons, but like. You know, I don't really care about the science on this one. Like, just give me what I want. Now, th- that is also interesting because are Goombas funguses or are or fungi or are they aren't weren't they like aren't they based on like acorns? Oh, I mean, st- then even still, then it's if it's a nut, if it's a <laughs> nut, or it's either a plant or a fungus, and either way, it doesn't have a skeleton. That's a good point. So I, maybe they have thought this through. Still, I'm not a fan. I'm not on board. No, not. No, not not a fan either. Mark, should we maybe talk about the uh, the Lego Luigi starter course? Sure. Just like as a concept, 
um you know the uh, uh the first um sort of entry in the lego mario stuff um was sort of anchored with the mario starter course which you then can like uh, by the other like sort of add-ons so he has more levels to traverse and whatnot it seems like this is another starting place where you can just just have luigi on you know those same adventures yeah and you it they mention the three characters that come with the luigi starter course but i haven't seen anything although about like it interacting with like the mario figurine or the existing ones but i, I assume that has to be the case as well Man, it would be a stone cold bummer if they updated the Lego Mario just to say that he was missing Luigi, um, and then not have any interaction between the two of them. That would be a stone cold bummer. Yeah, the existential hellscape that Mario has found himself in <laughs> yes. uh, since the update would just like continue to manifest itself in new and unfortunate ways. He would find no relief. <laughs> that would be a bummer. But I wonder if it would, it would continue. Like in a few months, we can expect Luigi to wake up. From his, right. you know, like, uh, matrix slumber. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's coming out uh, August 1st, uh, retailing for $60. Bucks, um, and it, it remains a corner of the Nintendo universe that I don't feel any need to personally explore. Over the weekend, the Switch hit a new sales milestone in Japan at 19,410,000. It is the sixth best-selling console of all time in japan beating out the famicom's lifetime sales um that's amazing i that that uh, beating out the the famicom seems huge and i know like sixth best-selling console still feels like uh it's kind of like out of the conversation of like best-selling consoles in japan um but like Get getting real close. Well, also, you know, like you note here that the top two are the Game Boy, which sold like thir- almost thirty-two and a half million um, units, and the DS, which sold almost thirty-three million. And like, you know, those were both. I think like the Game Boy numbers. They Nintendo combines the Game Boy and Game Boy Color. I don't. Um, yeah. And I, uh, in like the price point difference between that and like a Switch is really enormous, and so. Um, if it beats any of the handhelds, uh, or even comes close to those numbers, like that's pretty ridiculous. Yeah, well, like the 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 best selling hardware in Japan uh, was the 3DS at almost 33 million, uh, 32.99 million. Um, and oh, you, you mean know, just that, the that, the regular DS? Yeah, I'm sorry if I said 3DS, just the, just the regular DS. Um, and that you know was considered like a behemoth, right? Like a a cultural movement of just everyone playing um, DS all the time, everywhere. Um, so, like, it, it, it may be one of those, like, unattainable um, records, but, like, the uh, Switch is, uh, at this point, expected to overtake the PSP, um, which is, like, 19.7 million, and the PlayStation 2, which is uh, almost 22 million, um, before the end of the year. Um, so it'll get into that, uh, that top three... Um, or that top top four, I guess, uh, is is uh, within sights by the end of this year, and then the next one to take down is is the 3DS at almost 25 million, which will be a, a tougher a tougher one to overtake, but you know seems seems possible. Yeah, especially you know if you have the Switch revision coming at some yeah. point, which I think could encourage a lot of people to upgrade. Because um, I, I know. For me, right, like with the Nintendo DS, I ended up buying like five of them 
because I had like the original, I had a light, I had like special right. editions, I got a DSI. Um, and well, and especially now that we're in a landscape where we don't have to uh, choose between buying uh, an upgrade of the current system or whatever is available on like the parallel track, right? Like you were buying DSs, but then you also had to take a pause and be like, oh, wait, do I want to buy a Wii? Do I want to buy right, a Wii U? Yeah. And now it's just the, it's, we're on the one track and it's as soon as they're like, here's the next version of the Switch, uh, we'll be there, right? Sort of no questions asked. Last week, Capcom announced the Great Ace Attorney Chronicles for Switch, PS4, and PC. This collection bundles two games that were never uh, localized or released outside of Japan, the Great Ace Attorney Adventures and the Great Ace Attorney 2 Resolve. Um, I am very excited about this. I've actually... So I, I really love the original Phoenix Wright trilogy. I've played, um, I think, the first Apollo Justice game, but um, like have not played some of the later entries in the Ace Attorney series. But I'm really, really, really exciting for, excited for these when they come out in July. Yeah, it's, it, the, the cool thing here is that these are games that have never been localized um, outside of Japan. Um, and since they're such talky games right like they're they're basically uh detective slash lawyer like uh borderline visual novels right um that like there's so much content here so much to be read so much to be localized um and it's neat that they're uh finally coming out yeah this was part of like the capcom link leaks that we talked about last year although part of the those leaks um said that they were only going to I, my memory is that they were only going to have like Japanese voice options and just English text uh, because of like one like the amount of localization that doing full uh, English voiceover would take, but also because there was questions around Sherlock Holmes being mentioned in the game a lot in Japan. Um, but as they uh, showed us in the trailer, the way they got around that for English, it turns out that the game does is fully voiced in English. And the way they got around the Sherlock Holmes problem, which is some aspects of Sh Sherlock Holmes are copyrighted still in the U.S. And so um, yeah. companies just in general try to avoid it um, so they don't get sued. But the way Capcom's getting around it is instead of Sherlock Holmes, you're going to be teaming up with the great detective Sherlock Holmes, which is uh, a brilliant, brilliant solution um, to that problem. Uh, <laughs> It's pretty silly, um, and I, I'm all for it. Yeah, like, you totally. know, whatever you need to do, like, just change the name a little bit, and we'll all know who it is. <laughs> um, and then also, like, you know, who cares? I like oh, how Sherlock Holmes isn't just like unambiguously in the public domain by now. Is uh, like that. That that's one of those things where I'm like, all right, all right, let's calm down, copyright law. Like, <laughs> what is happening? Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't make a ton of sense. Um, the other thing that's exciting to this or to me about this is th these games take place at the end of the 19th century. So uh, you're playing like as an ancestor of Phoenix Wright, um, whose name I'm not going to try to pronounce uh, with my difficulty with Japanese names. I think I would really butcher this one. I don't know if Patrick, you want to. Uh... Nah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, totally fair. Um, but. Uh... Ryonosuke Nor. Nope. <laughs> nope. Messed it up. I. Uh... Ryonosuke Naruhodo is what I'm going to go with. Um, Pretty good. But yeah, just like the, the setting, all of that kind of stuff, I think it looks like a lot of fun. There, It's 40 bucks. Uh, it comes out July 27th. It is 
digital and physical in North America. Physical only available on Switch. In Europe, it is a digital only release. Um, and yeah, I, I really can't wait. I'm I'm so pumped for this. Um, this is cool. I I, I like. I mean, I'm, I'm always a little bit intrigued by the uh, the Ace Attorney games. Um, but have have never really um like t- taken the plunge. I, I most of what excites me about them is uh seeing you get <laughs> you get you get excited for them. Um, but like just having like a a different setting and knowing that it's uh you know got a little bit of a like crime solving bent to it. Um, not just uh you know arguing a case. Um, uh, and the the mere presence of knockoff Sherlock Holmes uh has has me has me pretty excited for these. Yeah. Um, and like one of the things that is what intrigues me about this is kind of like the tweaks to the uh, Phoenix Wright formula, like having a a bench of judges. Each one you have to seemingly like try to convince, or um, like you have to deal with differently. That that seems like a cool twist on the formula. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm very excited for this. I'm not much of a cosplay person. I've never cosplayed before, but, uh, Herlock Sholmes, that seems like a fun one to, uh, and potentially confusing to cosplay as. Absolutely. Yeah. You know what? One thing that this, uh, does suggest to me, or at least, I, I don't know, there, there's something very interesting about the, um, games that, uh, were sort of like looping back around to being like re-released. Um, this generation, it feels like there's a lot of um, games that were never localized, uh, you know, a lot of like Japanese centric games that are sort of being represented to us now. Um, you know, uh, I, I will keep bringing up the Famicom um, Detective Club games that are uh, coming out on Switch, uh, being localized for the first time ever, localized and like remade um, that, you know, the market is deciding or the market has determined that there is room for these games that were like too Japanese before um, because there are so many, especially among the like, you know, storied Nintendo games. Uh, there are so many releases that uh, could still come our way, right? Like there are like five or six different Fire Emblem games that we've never seen um, outside of Japan. There's a, you know, uh, Mother 3 is a, a, a notorious one. Um, two Tingle games. I mean, for oh, crying please out loud. give us the tingle games, <laughs> right? Please give us the tingle games. And if we're to the point where we are localizing, uh, you know, games like the great ace attorney and like the Famicom detective club, uh, which has got to be nothing but localization, right? Like you, you have to just like rewrite, rerecord, like everything. Um, like, let's just do it like across the board. Let's get all the games in English. Let's do it. I, and I also think that turnabout is fair play. And I think, uh, Japan is ready, nay, demanding a lovingly crafted remake of Star Tropics, um, so they can. Yep, and Star Tropics too, and Kid Icarus of Myths and Monsters. <laughs> <laughs> the t- the uh, time has come for sure. Yeah, that's right. Uh, also, over the weekend, Super Nintendo World and the rest of Universal Studios Japan closed temporarily during an uptick in COVID nineteen cases in Tokyo, Osaka. Um, Hyogo and Kyoto. The park will remain closed until the current state of emergency is over. Um, man, Super Nintendo World, uh, running a, like, like was about to open. You know, got delayed because of COVID. Had its yeah. new announcement date. Uh, that got shut down. Um, 
It, uh, I mean, it's 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 the Fast and Furious Nine slash No Time to Die slash Black Widow of yeah. theme parks, yeah. right? Um, you know, a, a, everything sort of is on this uh, stop and go schedule right now. Um, and uh, you know, I guess I was sort of uh, joking earlier in this episode that, like, you know, I could probably be approaching like regular life, um, you know, coming back with uh, vaccines and stuff. Um, but uh, you know, who who knows? Like, uh, we're we're all in sort of a a, a tenuous place with. Um, what is safe to do what uh and you know it's uh, a bummer to see uh, them have to put pause on this but it's also like let's stay smart let's stay ahead of this thing um and uh do the right thing yeah just a, yeah i think it's just a good reminder for me too because it, it does feel like in some pockets and parts of the world that uh we're beginning to turn a corner at the same time that for other places it's like worse yeah. than it's ever been before um, and it, that kind of like disparity is uh, personally just like kind of like hard for me to wrap my brain around, you know? Yeah. And is like, you know, wholly unsustainable, you know, if like it, it's the, the world is too small of a place for a, a COVID outbreak in uh, India to not affect us. Yeah. Right. Um, and, you know, that's just looking at it from like a, a cold, like dispassionate position. Never mind the fact that like, you know, actual people are uh, sick and or dying, which is horrible in uh, of its own. Um, but yeah, you know, it, it's it's all stuff that like as as we tackle, uh, you know, solutions to the pandemic, just sort of recognizing that uh, it takes a long time to implement anything uh, worldwide um, and it, a, a long time and a lot of like political will and uh, money, which have already been spent on just keeping, uh, you know, all of us minus you know 500 whatever million <laughs> or 500,000 people uh americans that died um i i'm just saying it's a a, a herculean uh effort to get to where we are and we need like 10 more of those herculean efforts uh for for the rest of the world to get out of this i'm also like thinking about universal studios japan closing and looking at the calendar and it's like aren't the olympics supposed to happen in japan in like a month like yeah um... real soon yeah, it's just it's it's uh just crazy. Yeah. With the new Pokémon Snap coming to Switch later this week, it's fun to ponder the weird trip this series has gone on. Uh since the original was published in 1999, there were 21 years without a sequel and, you know, people asking for it. Do you remember that PS3 game Africa that um No. Okay, so it it's uh like a Safari game essentially, but it, people uh, compared it to Pokemon Snap because it's the same sort of thing where it's like on rails, um, you're on Safari and you're just snapping photos. I remember it probably would not have gotten the attention it got in that era except that people were like, oh, this is like Pokemon Snap. We loved Pokemon Snap, you know, like 10 years ago. Um, yeah. How come we're not having a Pokemon Snap? Look, anytime Pokemon Snap's not in the room, everybody should be looking around at each other and asking where Pokemon Snap is. Right. Uh, according to the new game's director, Haruki Suzaki, Nintendo had tried to develop a new entry in the intervening two decades. In an interview with Metro, he said, quote, When I started on this project, I had heard there had been a couple of attempts at making a new Pokemon Snap before. The idea of photography has changed so much in the last 20 years, combined with the new Nintendo Switch hardware, that we thought it was the perfect time to create a new version of Pokemon Snap, and that's why we started the project. Um, it's interesting there to call out, uh, what has changed in photography in the last 21 years. Um, 
you know, obviously, like, you know, uh, people have said uh, that, you know, like, oh, yeah, the Wii U gamepad, like, that's an obvious camera. Like, why wasn't that? Or, like, the uh, DS and uh, 3DS mm-hmm. that have cameras on them. <laughs> why were these not Pokemon Snap, uh, uh, d- you know, vehicles for that? Um, and it's uh, it- it's it's neat to uh, actually just say, like, well, you know, the way we take photographs um, and, like, what photographs mean um, to us has totally changed um, in, in that time. So. I, I guess that's just look going back to like uh, how interested I am in uh, Pokemon Snap or new Pokemon Snap. Um, I guess it's like comforting to know that uh, all aspects of this were taken in, into consideration and not just like what new Pokemon can we put in there. It's like, no, there's probably more to consider when uh, crafting a game like this. Well, speaking of that, so one of the things that uh, a lot of people have fond memories of with the original Pokemon Snap is in the US you could go to a blockbuster um and using like your memory card or something from like the Nintendo 64 you could print out um photos from a special kiosk from the original Pokemon Snap and uh Nintendo has partnered with Fujifilm to allow Switch users to print their screen ga- grabs from new Pokemon Snap wirelessly with Fujifilm's Insta Mini, Inst- Instax Mini Link uh, photo printer. Had to get the nomenclature there, right? Um, yeah, but- it's, and, and it's confusing and frustrating because uh, Instax and Mini are canonically not capitalized, <laughs> but Link is. So small i Instax, small m Mini, capital L-I-N-K. <laughs> So basically, the, I guess these are printers that Fujifilm has sold for a while, uh, but they're also coming out with like specially themed Pokemon Snap ones. Um, but it's a hundred bucks, and basically, like as part of Pokemon Snap, you'll use like an app on your phone to scan a QR code from the game, and then using that, you can like using the app, you can customize the photo, add filter stuff like that, and then wirelessly send it to this uh, uh, Instax Mini link photo printer and print out these um they they look like they are like almost like polaroid size prints yeah uh of your images well you know have have you seen the the like instax uh cameras that fujifilm sells that they they are like brightly colored plastic cameras mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that basically function as uh as polaroids um and uh you know they it's so funny to me that they have them like branded as instax which is obviously like referencing instagram right like you are meant to think of the thing that you use to take phone uh pictures uh on your phone but like no no this is like taking pictures but without your phone man um it's it's so weird and like it is like novel and cool um and like if you take an instax camera on vacation or something people will like taking pictures with it and you will take more pictures you'll take weirder pictures um and just like have fun with the physicality of uh, an instant physical photo um and like i don't know that this printer necessarily accomplishes that in the same way right like because the the app that they're uh developing uh for this which comes out on april 30th the same day as uh pokemon new pokemon snap um allows you to uh, connect to the phone via scanning the qr code mark like you mentioned um but that's something that you can already do with your with your switch. You know what I mean? Like you can already share to your 
to your phone in that way. Um, like I'm just I'm just not sure what this actually accomplishes. Yeah, I mean, I, I I agree with you. I definitely think it has like a very like specific and probably small audience. Like again, I if you own one of these printers already, like it should work. I I am kind of tickled by this. I I think it's cool to see just like you know like getting somebody to a blockbuster to pop in their memory right. card and like turn one of these off was not like the um probably not something people did all that often uh, just because of the hurdles and the logistics of doing so but I, i'd like that they've put the thought into like how do we kind of replicate that experience in uh the modern era so i i think that Man, part of it is fun if only the switch had bluetooth in it and it could just connect to the insects I know, uh, I know. A mini link and just do it itself. That would be so much better. It'd be so good to just like from within the game just print it to the to the printer. Um that would be magic and would be fun and would be worth doing. Well, it's, I I mean yeah, I guess if it uses bluetooth, I I was thinking like, oh, I guess you could just connect it to the same Wi-Fi network, but I don't yeah, know. I don't true. know. I don't know if the can I don't know if the printer has Wi-Fi. But anyways, it's but something. But I mean, that's the, like... the solution, the solution is Bluetooth. Like, <laughs> it just keeps driving me back to like one of the fundamental flaws of the Switch is the thing not having um, uh, a connection for Bluetooth. Maybe, maybe the Pro will, or whatever they end up calling it. That is my one wish. That is my one wish for the next Nintendo Switch. Um, finally, a Monster Hunter digital event is taking place uh, the morning this episode is released uh, on. That's the 27th at 7 a.m. Pacific time. And it'll have new details on the next updates for Monster Hunter Rise and Monster Hunter Stories 2. Again, possibly by the time that you are listening to this on Tuesday, um, you will already know all of the news from it. But uh, just heads up that that's something that happened this morning. Uh, is there anything that you'll be keeping your eye on here, Mark? Like, um, I, and I know neither of us picked up uh, Monster Hunter Rise um, but I have confessed that it is something that I am like interested in, and probably in the same way that you're interested in Pokemon Snap, where like, ooh, baby, when that thing drops to forty eight ninety nine, then like I'm probably there. Um, but like, you know, knowing that there is uh such a long like post release um support window for Monster Hunter games, um, and usually when we get them, when we get Monster Hunter games in the West. It is after they've already received those updates um, in, in Japan. That wasn't the case with World, and it's not the case with Rise. Um, but like I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm just interested to like keep an eye on what they're changing in the game, what they're adding to the game, and sort of seeing what the community's response is to that. Um, not that I need to just you know build up more uh, like evidence that it's a game that I shouldn't be missing out on. Um, but I, you know, I want to, I want to gather that evidence. Yeah. For me, I'm kind of, I'm keeping an eye on Monster Hunter Stories 2, which looks like it could totally be up my alley. I, I didn't play the first game, but it looks like something I think I would like. It looks cute. It looks fun. Um, and so Monster, Monster Hunter Stories 2 is what I have my eye on right now. I, I, same with you. I have like Monster Hunter Rise on my wish list. So when it, when it goes on sale, um, I'll, you know, probably pick it up. But I'm thinking like when it drops to like 20 bucks sort of situation. Um, I do think it's cool that Capcom is doing these like franchise specific um, presentations. Like there was just a Resident Evil one the other week. Um, and obviously they're dropping like uh, Street Fighter stuff all the time. I don't know. Obviously, I'm way plugged into it. <laughs> <and> <laughs> it's all Street Fighter 5 stuff. So we don't talk about it on this show. 
Um, but and then obviously this is uh, Monster Hunter, so I, I just think it's cool that they're able to, um, you know, kind of surface uh, what what they're doing for all these different franchises. Um, makes me feel like we're nice and tuned in to what's uh, going on at Capcom. All right, Mark, let's get out of the news. All right, that is going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Remember, please rate, review, and follow us on Apple Podcasts. If you like the episode, you can share it on Facebook or Twitter or wherever you share stuff. We appreciate it. When you do that, it helps other people find the show. Um, And then you get to look like some big hero, right? Where you recommended a show that someone else likes. that's I know that's always what I feel when I'm recommending something. <laughs> so I feel like I feel like a hero and not like a weird social obligation. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell, and the show is at Nin Cart Society. We also have a Facebook page, which is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is is provided by Ape Betty. You can get more of his music by going to apebetty.com or by listening right now. <laughs> For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Eller saying there's a dry piranha plant. Uh, the piranha plant doesn't have a skeleton. A Goomba, it should be dry Goomba. It should be dry Goomba. And thank you for listening. Hey, Oscar, Rachel, do you like Disney movies? Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen all of them? Yeah, we saw all the Disney animated movies. And we saw all the Pixar animated movies, too. How about the DCOMs? What? The Disney Channel original movies. You should listen to our podcast, Inside the Disney Vault, because we are watching all of them in chronological order. Yeah, and we do fun segments, like we cast each other. That's right, and my favorite segment, Zaddy Watch, where we rank every single DCOM daddy. Ooh, you can listen to all this fun stuff on our podcast, Inside the Disney Vault on Campfire Media, wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, guys, let's get back in the vault. It's cold out here. Campfire.